Hi, and welcome to our podcast called Asking Better Questions. My name is John Newsham. And I am Shane Chan. We're just two friends encouraging one another to seek God more. It's important to point out with our title that we're not suggesting we ask better questions than other people are asking. We want to improve the questions that we ask. It's important to keep learning and growing, and that involves asking better questions. That'll never end with our journey with God. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. We can't promise that we'll be able to answer them, but we will try to have a conversation about them. You can send your questions to askingbetterquestionspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at askingbetterquestionspodcast. So today we have a special guest with us. Pastor Daniel Velaswamy. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. He is a pastor with a New Life Church here in Port Pirie. And he's currently studying at Bethel School of Ministries. And he has a wife, Jay, and three beautiful kids, three beautiful daughters, uh, Sophia, Sonia, and Samantha. And yeah, welcome to our podcast, Pastor Daniel. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Pastor John, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. So how are you, Pastor Daniel? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, keeping well. And you guys? Pretty good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Uh, so I think this is our first time meeting or having a conversation with each other. Obviously, you know Shane fairly well. Uh, so this will be exciting for me to find out uh, a new perspective on, on things of God and things of Scripture. Certainly, there is always a new perspective. Um, and of course, uh, the truth is one. That's, uh, that's what makes us united. Absolutely. So Shane... Since the guest is at your end of the phone call, I think it might be better if you flip the scripture today. Sure. So if you want to have a go at that, and uh, we'll jump right into our first segment. This segment is called Random Scripture. This is where we flip the Bible to a random page and read a few verses that catch our eye on that page. Then we have a discussion about that verse. We'll let the discussion take on a life of its own. And good luck, Pastor Daniel, with this one. Well, thank you. I will, I will give it a try, but I can't promise <laughs> so it's from Psalms 26, verses 1 and 2 and 3. It says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me, and I continually walk in your truth. Well, that's a beautiful uh, passage of scriptures uh, that uh, David, David is, uh, you know, personally having a very vulnerable conversation, I believe, with the Lord and, uh, and also encourages us to trust in him. Um, like the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on up upon your own understanding. And he also says, try me and examine my heart and mind in case if I have something that is not pleasing in your eyes and 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 also he emphasizes the fact that he continuously walks in the truth in in the, that is a such a great reminder for us um and obviously the start of the scripture says vindicate me O lord so he definitely is going through some kind of problems uncertainty situation that confronts him and and uh, so on but uh, he has the confidence in the lord because he says, I have led a blameless life. <laughs> although, although we know that uh, you know, David has uh, a lot of instances where we could see his life and blame him. Um, but uh, the confidence in the Lord that uh, makes, him, makes him stand apart because of the convictions that he given into and, and how he came back to the Lord and trusted God and um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've got to say. It's just um, 
the beautiful thing about this is that uh, your the third verse it says your love is ever before me i believe that makes the difference god's love is always before us and leads us as we trust him that's awesome i just want to point out sometimes it's really hard to trust god uh when in your head it doesn't make sense and i i have had many instances in my life where trusting god became very difficult because i cannot see a way and when i started to rely upon god and actually trust him i saw his ways were better than my ways and to lean on to god for his understanding i think sometimes it does become very difficult because we all have our own way of doing things and it's about like sort of dying to ourselves and trusting god putting things aside and trusting god to see what he really has for us and that's the beauty about god is like pastor daniel said for your love is ever before me um and i walk continually in your truth and that's what i want to do with god is continually walk in his truth and that doesn't happen if i don't trust him so it's like a journey that i get to keep trusting god like whenever god says something and it sounds ridiculous i need to set myself aside and say and examine my heart in that in that moment say you know what god i'm going to be trusting you without having any other thoughts without having a doubt in my head that this is you and i'm pretty sure all of us here um in this room has had some kind of faith journey where it sort of it almost becomes impossible to trust god but it it can only be god yeah it's such a big passage uh you know as i was reading those verses uh you know pastor daniel mentioned that there were some things in david's life that we might blame him for and yet he's able to say to god test me and examine me my heart and my mind because in his mind before god he's been pure and so we don't know at what point of david's life this was whether it was after the incident with bathsheba or whether it was early on when he was uh you know he'd done everything right before god and before saul and yet saul was trying to kill him and that you know seems like it would fit in this scenario and you know david and samuel both were described by god as men after his heart that in that they were desiring for god and to obey god above all else and so i think you know for him to say i've trusted in the lord without wavering you know we can definitely see that particularly early on in the life uh of david that we can see that everything he did he just lent on god and trusted him and and he went through some extraordinary circumstances even when he did sin later in life and when nathan the prophet came and confronted him and said you are that man it, he fell on his knees and he he repented before Sam, uh, before Nathan and before God to say what I've done is so wrong God come and restore me and we know from a new testament perspective that when we repent and when we apologize to God and when when we say we'll make it right we that God comes in and forgives us and we are blameless again but to have that confidence to actually invite God in test me try me examine my heart and my mind and you'll find that I'm blameless. That is a big call. That's a, a courageous statement to stand before the holy God and say I'm blameless. Yeah, absolutely John. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, uh, in John 15, I believe where it says your your word has made me whole. Holy, it says. Um when we when we read it, it's like, "Oh, wow. His word has made me fully holy." and blameless not because of how good i am or what how good i performed but it is because of how good god is 
and how thorough yeah. His Word can work in our lives. And, and God's Spirit and the conviction can transform us, which is very clear evidence in David's life, how he was innocent, as you mentioned, in his early years, but uh, due to his own uh, lives and temptations, how he fell. But the beauty is when he turned back and how amazing God yeah. turns him, a blameless person again. And not just that, uh, he becomes a man after God's own heart as well, which is incredible. Yeah. Incredible display of God's grace. So while we've got you here, Pastor Daniel, uh, the question that we're going to explore today is how do the gifts of the Spirit work? And so in one of the upcoming podcasts, we're going to be talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit and things like that. So we can touch on those topics, but we don't need to focus on them today if that's not where you want to go. Um, but we're going to uh, have a conversation about the spiritual gifts and how they work. So why don't we start with more of a foundational question? What are the spiritual gifts? What are the gifts of the Spirit? Uh, John, I was actually praying about um, this particular topic and, and uh, I want to, uh, you know, I'm sure all of us have some kind of understanding about spiritual gifts. And, uh, but what God spoke to me this morning uh, was uh, different to, not different in a sense, but kind of in an explanation way, what, what the Lord spoke to me was it's an expression of God's grace and power. Uh, any spiritual gift yeah. is, a, is an expression of God's grace and power. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is, it is uh, why, why do we have it? Why is it given? Well, purely it is, it, is, it is given to a person so that God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, it is not given to any, any of us for our personal gain. It is purely given to a believer for the empowering and the propelling of God's kingdom on earth. In saying that, it also empowers a person individually to walk in the plan and purpose of God and to reach the destiny where God wants that person to be or go. Um, so spiritual gift, as, as we know, gift is not something that we work for, not something that we earn, not something that we buy. Yeah. Gift is something that is given only if it is given, it is gift. So um, anything that God... I mean, I, I, don't, I cannot think of one particular thing that God gives us is not a gift. Everything that is from God is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Mercy is a gift. Grace is a gift. Love is a gift. Everything is a gift yeah. because we do not work or earn anything um, or work for anything. So mm. in terms of that, Everything from God is a gift, but spiritual gifts, uh, you, you know, the, the, the minute we speak about that term, the first thing that we think about is 1 Corinthians 12 and the nine uh, spiritual gifts. Um, in keeping that in context, grace is a, a spiritual gift is a, an expression of God's grace and power to empower and equip the kingdom of God on earth so God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow, that's awesome. So, Pastor Daniel, how many spiritual gifts are there? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a quite a good, uh, good question as well. Uh, and my answer is going to be, I do not know. Uh, you, may, <laughs> you may be baffled at that answer. Uh, the reason why I said that is because it is easy for us to point to 
1 Corinthians 12 and say, yep, there are nine and I've got three and I have to work for three or six more. Uh, but, the, but we are talking about spiritual gifts that is given by Holy Spirit who cannot be measured by quantity. He, God is infinity. God is big. Um, I've read uh, a, a few articles written by reputed men of, men of God. Uh, some have come up with 17 that they can see. Some have come up with 21. Um, so, see, for example, administration is a spiritual gift. It is in First Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not sure how many, how many of us have concentrated on that being a spiritual gift, but it is a spiritual <laughs> gift. Um, but uh, for the sake of highlighting uh, some of the, of course, the problems that Corinthians were having, Paul points out those nine gifts right at the right at the top of the or, or the, you know, in the prominent part of the chapter in Corinthians. Um, but if we, it is very interesting to look at the context of the chapter. If you read from uh, uh, the beginning to the end, uh, the context is Paul is trying to bring unity in the church. That's the context. Uh, yeah. the, the context is unity and love. Um, Paul is saying, although all these spiritual gifts look different, it comes from the same spirit. Uh, so that's the context of Paul's, uh, Paul talking about. Um, and in terms of the, just your answering your question, how many gifts are there? I do not want to put a number to it uh, because God is big and, and uh, he can definitely give those nine and he can give more as well. It's just my opinion. Awesome. So, Pastor Daniel, how do I know what kinds of gifts I have? Um, yeah, that is, that is one, I guess, uh, tricky question for all of us. Um, at least most of the Christians always wonder, do I have any gift at all? Um, and how do I know what gift I have? Uh, I, my, my, I have had that problem in my life personally as well. I wasn't sure being born in a, in a non-Christian from a non-Christian family and background. Um, I, I had no idea about gospel and gifts and so on. Um, so, but when I do came to, this, uh, to the knowledge of salvation, um, when, 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 God, um, when God, when I knew God is a giver and he gives gifts, I just wanted them all. You know, I just want the reason is not because, not because the gifts <laughs> yeah. are fantastic. I mean, of course, gifts are fantastic. But uh, it's, like, it's like the little child wanting something from the Heavenly Father, from your own father. Um, whatever your father has, you want it. Um, yeah. Not in a prideful sense of putting your, your banner up or anything, but it's just the, it's just the love relationship um, that, uh, oh, my father has something and I, I just want, to, want a bit of taste of what my father has to give. Um, in that kind of sense, that uh, brings me to... Uh, the question of what gift do I have before exploring that um, I didn't have this knowledge as a young Christian but now more I kind of walk in the Lord walk with the Lord I come to a realization that uh, if I oh, towards uh, uh, in in the journey you will you will get to know you will come to know what in, in just practically what areas in life and ministry that you operate well and and um, what things that happen in your walk with the Lord uh, especially in you ministering to others and and speaking to others and 
loving others and all of that, your gifts will come to come, come because Bible says the gift will find you out. Gift will make room for you. So uh, at that time you will know. But at the point where I don't know what gifts I have, I will just lean upon the intimacy and relationship with the Father because because uh, the reason why. W- Paul actually says in the next chapter, desire spiritual gifts um, is because so that we can get to know the giver of the gifts better. We can get to know the giver of the gifts, how well he can perform, how he can act in situations, God can, how well his grace can get manifested in my life, how well his power can be manifested through my life. That's the that's the purpose of gifts. So when I know what it is, I'm happy to operate in them because he's God's grace. But when I don't know what, it, what, do, what gifts I have, I'm just more happy to just rely upon him and, and uh, you know, buckle up and get ready for a ride with the Lord. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, sure whether I, I'm not sure whether I answered the question, <laughs> but uh, there you go. It's what I have in my heart. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, when we study the life of Jesus, the answer he gave very rarely lined up with the question they asked him. So there's no judgment here. So you you touched on Paul saying to desire the gifts. In that phrase, uh, he actually says they're especially the most important ones. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on what the most important gifts are. Yeah, definitely. Um, he does say, desire the gifts and most, uh, most importantly, the greatest one, which is, of course, love. Uh, love one another. But in terms of the gifts, he, do, he did say to everyone, prophesy. To everyone, desire to prophesy. Um, I, I really, personally, I have uh, such a love for prophecy and... and um, the reason why is because, uh, two reasons, I suppose. Uh, one is it edifies the church. And number two, it tests the character of the person who gives the prophecy. The reason, I, I'll tell you the reason why. Uh, the first one is it, is it is for the edification of the church. When you prophesy, but Paul clearly says you give prophecy for the reason of exhortation, encouragement, mm. And pretty much building up of a person and bringing hope. We never give a prophecy if it's going to tear, tear someone apart. And yeah. it's going to discourage them. Because word of God, although comes with correction, yeah. it always backs up with hope. There's no corrections that doesn't come with hope. Yeah. In that sense, prophecy is an amazing gift uh, from God that we get to operate in. That, um, that empowers us, empowers the church. And number two reason I gave, it tests the character of a person who prophesies. The re- well, to, to an extent, every gift does that. But prophecy does it more. The reason why is because a person who prophesies may not always see the reward or the result straight away. The person, you may get to prophesy on a drug addict God may show you the plan and the, pur- and the purpose that for the drug addict, and you may say to the drug addict, God, I see that the plan and purpose of God for your life is amazing. God is going to lift you up. God is going to bring you out of your situation and lift you into a place where you did not dream of. <laughs> but the straightaway reward for that prophecy is even that person will laugh at you and think that mm, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 
Um, so the, the reward for prophecy is not seen straight away. So the prophet has to take that response, a negative response, and uh, really trust and believe that the word is from God and that word is going to come to pass. So yeah. I, I personally think uh, the, the, that's, that's probably why um, Paul says everyone desire to prophesy because that prophecy is pretty much pronouncing the plan and the purpose of God on a person and declaring that into the reality and having the faith to see it come to fruition. That's awesome. So um, before you mentioned, there's a whole lot of gifts. Um, so what's the limit of gifts that a person could have? It's like, is there a limit to something like this person can only have five gifts? Or, you know, this person is only going to ever have 10 gifts. Is there a limit that God puts on giving gifts? I don't believe that God puts a limit on anything. Uh, how, much, uh, how much love does God give to a person? Is there a limit? How much presence that God can manifest on a person? Is there a limit? Um, well, probably there is a limit. The limit is how much limitation that a person puts on God. That probably is a limit, limitation. But uh, I, well, I don't see in the Word of God that clearly it says that, okay, you can only have three gifts and not more than three. Um, and also, one clear example that we can see is the life of Jesus. Can we see a limitation in the life of Jesus? Uh, can we point out to his life and say he only had seven and he couldn't get the other two? Uh, or how many ever numbers that we come up with in our finite head. Um, I believe there is no number to it. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. How, how, and I do believe that um, in the relationship, in the, in, the, in the intimacy that we have with God, we will be able to not in a, uh, please don't take what I'm saying in a prideful sense or, or anything like that. It is not to build our own kingdom, but it is purely for the God's kingdom. Uh, situations where a person, according to their faith, will be able to operate in any gift, any gift at any time. This may sound a radical statement um, for many, but I believe God is not limited to what he can do in a person's life. The, the moment where I put a cap on uh, and say, no, I don't think I can operate in that gift, that may be true experientially, in reality, what we are seeing in our own lives, but even that person can definitely say, God is able to work that in and through my life for the sake of the kingdom and for sake of others. Not for me, but for others, because gift is given to us for others. Um, and one, one very good comment that comes to my mind, which one of my leaders taught, taught me is, Holy Spirit is in you for you. The Holy Spirit is upon you for others. So Holy Spirit comes upon us and he empowers us with gifts, his grace and power manifesting for others. So how much do you want to serve others? That many gifts you can have. Wow, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So I'm just wondering, Pastor Daniel, if you could maybe even give us just a couple of examples of times in your life where you've moved in the gifts of the Spirit 
and particularly uh, if you might be able to come up with a couple of examples where maybe that uh, that time that you moved in the gift changed maybe the way you viewed your relationship with God as well as uh, being able to help someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That, that John, that is quite, it is actually a quite uh, a good question and a difficult one. Um, the reason why is because I'll tell you, I'll be very vulnerable. I know it's a, it's a podcast and many people are going to listen to it, but I'll be vulnerable. Uh, I, had a, I had a problem of uh, false humility. <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, it's how, how you kind of uh, don't exercise your true humility, but you just uh, show that you're humble. That is actually pride. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I definitely had that problem and God helped me to come out of that. Um, I... Uh, you know, God, God gave me a gift of uh, uh, just just relating and talking to people, um, and and pretty much sharing the gospel in an area where it's it's uh, it's a bit difficult. Uh, I did not ha- I did not know that I I had that one bit. Uh, I remember <laughs> I remember uh, it's about twelve years ago now. Uh, I was uh, on a on a mission trip in Papua New Guinea. It's a, it's a quite a, a little. Uh, I'll, I'll just shorten the story. Uh, I was uh, with one of my one of my friends. We were sharing the gospel, and and uh, we were in a place where we did not know the language, and uh, we didn't know how it was all going to turn out. But uh, uh, and I never preached before at that time. And my friend told me just we were walking down the street. We stopped in front of a service station. Um, he told me, God wants us to preach. And I looked at him and said, oh, that's a good idea. Where are we going to preach? And he said, right here, right now. Uh, that's in front of a service station. Wow. And <laughs> I looked at him and said, well, brother, you preach. I'll be your audience. No problem. And, uh, and uh, he, st- he, he, <laughs> um, he started uh, preaching. Uh, there were a lot of people sitting on the side of the road and, and uh, you know, um, and all of that, where one guy jumped out of the crowd and he came and said, I'm going to be your interpreter. So he started interpreting us uh, uh, in, uh, um, you know, the, my brother's preaching. And while in the middle of the talk, he stopped and he told me, now from this point on, my brother Daniel is going to continue the sermon. <laughs> or the or the gospel sharing, and and uh, I at that time I really wished he had another brother there named Daniel, but unfortunately, <laughs> but unfortunately that was me. <laughs> I had to jump up and and I I did not know uh, to be honest I could do it. I didn't have anything written down or I I just didn't know what to say. Didn't even know the topic until he gave me that uh, word about he's going to talk about water baptism. And uh, yeah, but uh, I really felt um, tangibly in my heart, and also the empowering, which is the gift of God, uh, that um, that made me, gave me words, and made me uh, stand uh, in front of the crowd that I've never met, never thought I would meet, um, to to talk about the gospel and the love of God and the goodness of God. And uh, about four or five people ended up giving their life to the Lord. Which was uh, which, which wow. was my, my my first time ever, and and uh, it was it was quite quite um, quite a remarkable thing that I can never take credit for because I knew it wasn't me, um, and it was it was purely the Holy Spirit, purely the Spirit of the Lord, 
um, yeah, that that was uh, that was one one incident that I will never forget. That gift of God worked in my life. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Just following up, like because that you shared the story that you had to jump in into a gift, you didn't even really know if it was there or not. So how how if for our listeners and for us, how do I use my gifts? Like how can I just sort of jump into something like that or is there training I need? What do I need to actually walk in these gifts? Now, that's a wonderful question, Shane. Um, yeah, definitely identifying our gift. Uh, gifts are important. It is important uh, because if we don't know what we have, we won't be able to operate in them effectively. And it is not a prideful thing to know what you have because just, as, just so long that we know that what we have is not our... Uh, not given, not a brownie points given to our great performance, or, or not to build our own kingdom, but God's. As long as we know that, we stay in that posture of heart. Uh, God will reveal it to us. And how do we grow in that? We we pretty much steward what's given to us for the very purpose that it is given to us. How do we steward it? Just being in relationship with Jesus. Um, it is all, everything in, I believe everything in spiritual life comes down to the intimacy and the personal relationship that we have with Jesus. Where mm. that could be gifting, that could be fruit of the Spirit, which is actually more important than gifts, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, uh, uh, and and it's, not eight, it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's a fruit of the Spirit. All eight are in one fruit. That's what the Bible says. Um, it is it is quite important to steward them. God has given it to us. It is pretty much like how um, God said to Adam in the garden, God made him perfect. God made the world perfect and gave the full dominion to Adam, although he didn't have to, but he did because he loved him. And said to Adam, I want you to tend the garden. And he said, tend the garden, which is a stewardship, he didn't stop there. He also said, um, uh, you know, uh, that he wanted him to name the name the animals and all of that sort of stuff. It's it's teaching us how to steward, how to uh, preserve our heart to the position or to the empowering that God has given us, and to be faithful in them. So that is, uh, there, is there a specific training to it? Sure, there can, there can be. You know, uh, everything can be trained. Everything can be, the more you use it, the better you operate in them. Um, but the starting point of how we do that training is relationship with Jesus. Um, pretty much it's, it may sound simple, but that is, uh, that is the, without that, any training may not make sense and it will not be, the longevity will be lost. Um, but with the relationship with Jesus, it will definitely be stewarded well. Mm. So, Pastor Daniel, the story you told about uh, your time in Papua New Guinea—it uh, doesn't sound like the way we often talk about gifts. If we, you know, if we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we talk about normal gifts or talents or skills that we have. Um, then we go down one path, and you know, the question about training—and you talked about you know, relationship with Jesus being the start of the training. It doesn't line up with what we normally talk about when we're talking about gifts or talents or skills. And so I'm just wondering if you could just highlight for us the difference between a skill and a gift of the Spirit. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And again, a difficult one. Thanks, John. Um, 
the, the, <laughs> see, the, the, the difference between talent and a gift in a general sense, I may not be giving exact nitty-gritty of the whole thing, uh, but in a general sense, a talent is an ability a person is perhaps born with. Um, you know, a, a, a child, uh, I, I remember seeing a three-year-old little boy uh, playing a violin, performing. Uh, three year, I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, if she performs violin, I would be over the moon, you know. Um, so uh, that, that's definitely a talent. We are born with talents for sure. But gifts, on the other hand, are given to us, of course, in this instance, definitely by God, um, given to us when we did not even know we had them from our birth. We, I, I did not know mm. that I could speak to three people uh, standing in front of me without, um, you know, stumbling for words and not knowing what to say. Uh, but uh, when I, I, I still surprise myself when I say when I share a sermon, uh, because I just was not born with that. I just was not built with that. I, I did not have that talent in me built in and, and I could just stand up and just, you know, uh, pat my shoulder and say, yeah, I know I can do this because I always had this. I never had it. Um, I, I knew yeah. I knew a particular pastor prophesied over a lady who, uh, this, this pastor's prophecy was, I really see music in your life and God's going to make you I'll give you words that you're going to come up with beautiful songs, and uh, and and the lady went uh, went to the pastor after the service and and said, I'm not sure whether that was God or not. Uh, well, right now I think it wasn't God. It wasn't God because I'm tone deaf. I cannot I cannot <laughs> hold it to a particular tune, but the lady did take the words of the prophecy in faith. Eleven months after. She was leading worship with a guitar wow. in a church. Wow. And I do not see that as a talent. I see that as a gift, a pure spiritual gift that God has given to that lady by faith. The lady took it, but did she have to work on practicing the guitar? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So um, she, would have, she would have practiced it. She would have tried it. At the start, she probably would have sounded pretty terrible, but... 11 months after, clearly she wasn't sounding terrible because she was leading worship. So um, the gift can and will work in any person because it is given by God for the empowerment of the person and the kingdom. Great. So um, just leading up to that, like we know people would have talents or gifts and all of that. So how do I test what gifts I have? Like, do I need to do something special? Do I need to go out uh, and... and you know, just sing worship. I don't know what, what it is you've got to do to test your gifts. Um, so how, how would you recommend people that they go out and to see what gifts they have? Uh, yeah, naturally, like John was mentioning about talent, you know, some people are uh, talented naturally and, and, uh, and things like that. Um, it, it's not that talents are bad. Uh, you can start with what you do well. And use that for the kingdom. That's not bad. That's a very good thing to do. Because um, that is not forgetting that your talents are given by God too. God as well. Um, just yeah. because we are gone, born with it, uh, you know, that didn't jump from nowhere. So definitely God has created us, which means he has created us with those talents. 
um, from us and how do I, if, if I don't know what special spiritual gift I possess, um, to, be, to be very honest, just speaking to someone um, and encouraging a person, loving a person is, is a talent, is a gift. If we start with what we know that we have and do that well, steward that well, I'm sure God will reveal to us through the relationship we have with him. God will reveal to us more and more as we, as we walk with him in life. Because um, as, as you know, Bible says that, um, you know, be, be faithful in the little things that you have and he will make you ruler over many cities and, and give you many things. So there is no, I don't believe there is anybody in the world that, uh, that uh, don't have anything at all. I don't believe that can be possible. They, they, if, I mean, if people, of course, you know, there are exemptions in, in terms of uh, people who are disabled and, and that sort of thing. I, I understand that. I remember uh, one example, one uh, 80-year-old lady, due to her age, she became, she became blind and she wasn't even able to go to church. She wasn't, as you, as you can imagine, because of her frailty, uh, she wasn't able to drive and so on. She was just home cared um, and, uh, and that sort of thing. But she really loved God and she wanted to bless people. Um, she did have a, a, a talent of playing piano. So what she did, she managed to learn how to make phone calls to people. And what she, she, would, she would ask God and pray to show uh, someone in her mind and she will call them and play them piano. And, and uh, you know, God touched so many people through that music. So there's definitely something we are all blessed with. And if we are just use in a simple way uh, what we are given, more will be given to us. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so Pastor Daniel, we've used the phrase gifts of the spirit uh, and we've talked quite a bit about what the gifts are. I'm just wondering uh, if you could speak for a moment into the concept of who or what the spirit is. Wow, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely we are talking about the Holy Spirit, the God himself. It's, it's um, you know, uh, I do want to mention that Holy Spirit is not power. He has power. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is, you know, um, yes, the, uh, we do say Holy Spirit is a gift, but not forgetting he is a person and he is a gift himself. Um, so he, he empowers people with himself. Um, I, I uh, you know, uh, I can't help but think that um, uh, uh, coming across a statement where uh, do I, you know, what gift do I have? Oh, this person is sick, but I don't have the gift of healing. I don't need to pray for them or I don't have to pray for them. Let me go and search for somebody who has the gift of healing so they can pray for this particular person. But um, many, many of us are caught up in that. Many of us are caught up in let me go and find somebody that is gifted in that area and let them do the job and let me wait for that person. I'm not uh, saying that people don't have that kind of gifts and they do. Uh, it's, it's good for them to operate in it. Uh, that's all good. But to know the fact that I have the giver of the gift living inside of me the, having that confidence is so much better and so much um, uh, uh, freeing 
to know than not getting caught you know in the in the um, in, in, in thinking that we don't have a particular gift we have the giver of the gift living inside of us and we are asked to trust him Jesus said believe just believe that is just believe in me never we were we were asked to believe or trust in the gifts so who is giving the gifts Holy Spirit what first how is he giving by imparting a part of him in us it is it is part of him that is what we receive yes, so good. it is part of him that is we receive him we have the giver himself living within us so yeah yeah holy spirit is the spirit we are talking about john so is there anything else before we close the podcast pastor daniel is there anything else that you want to add to this topic that maybe we haven't asked Oh, I, I, um, yeah, I just would like to encourage um, the listeners, uh, and um, I mean, I, I encourage myself with this. Um, gifts are amazing. Gifts are so good. Spiritual gifts are great for the church. Hence, why God has designed it that way. Uh, if not, He would not have given. He would not have wasted a chapter in the Bible. So it is, it is definitely important, um, but more so. As that very chapter in 1 Corinthians 12 says, more so what's important is God himself. Yeah. God is love. God is love. Yeah. And God himself, the relationship with him is important. There is no point in getting hang up in the point where uh, what gift do I have and what gift I don't have and how do I get them and how, you know, whether I'm good or not and all of that. Although that is important to, to have, have that kind of discussion, but the primary factor comes in the fact that how intimate am I with the giver of the gift? How, yeah. close, how, how close that my life walk is with him and how clearly that he is manifesting out of me. And when he comes out of me, he could come out of, come out in the sense of gift of healing, gift of prophecy, gift of interpretation, whatever way. But the important factor that I would like to encourage everyone to get hold of is who he is and how good he is. And God is so good. That's awesome. Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for joining us on Asking Better Questions. Uh, remember, if you're listening and you've got questions that you'd like to send in, you can send them to askingbetterquestionspodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at Asking Better Questions Podcast. Uh, John, thank you so much, and, and Shane, really appreciate you guys. First of all, I, I, I had in my heart to uh, personally thank you both. The reason why is because you guys spend so much time, energy, and effort, and resources um, to, to make this happen, and it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I honor you guys, and thank you guys for doing this. It is so encouraging. I have listened to your podcast, and it is so good. And I, I, uh, I pray and, and uh, request you guys to please continue this because you're doing an amazing ministry. And I encourage the listeners to, to um, you know, tag on to this. And I'm sure you're going to be blessed. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you all. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Thanks for listening.
can you take this Bible away? We, don't, we may not need that. I'll put that here. All right, now we are good to go. Oh, we'll definitely keep that as a quote for the podcast. <laughs> take this Bible away. We won't no, need I'm that sorry. anymore. I'm just, I, I meant put it away. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. All right.